Melanie Keebler was elected to the Bend City Council in 2020. She grew up in Bend and has spent her career as an attorney working for the public. She is running for mayor this year. If she wins, she will serve a four-year term. If she loses, she will continue serving her term as a city councilor until 2024. This conversation is being recorded on June 24th, 2022. Melanie Keebler, welcome to the Radical Songbook Podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Appreciate it very much. I know you're busy. Uh, I think the first question I need to ask you is why run for mayor in the middle of your four-year council term? And the reason I want to step up into leadership at this point is because I want to really take council in our city towards a future for Bend where everyone here has the opportunity to thrive and the city really works for all of us. Um, and that's a that's a bold statement and an ideal statement, right? But I think we can start moving that direction. We've already done a lot of work as a council the past year and a half since I was elected. Um, and I just want to further that and be really the leader in that effort. And we know what our challenges are and, and what we need to do to step up. Um, so I'm excited to lead in that, in that way. Okay. And so um, there's a lot of issues that we could talk about. Uh, and I think what I'd like to do is just start by asking you, um, what your priorities are, both as a councillor uh, today and, mm -hmm. and if you're elected mayor uh, in November. Yeah. So, you know, since I was elected, I've been working hard on a lot of our top um, challenges that we heard, that I heard on the campaign trail and that we continue to hear from constituents. And one of the number one things is housing. Um, and the fact that Bend is becoming unlivable for too many people and we're seeing people pushed out of our city to go live in neighboring cities and then having to commute to Bend, even if they have a good job here. And we're also seeing the consequence of, of housing costs being out of reach for so many that people end up then living on the street. And we've had homelessness increasing in our region at roughly the same rate every year for the last decade. So, it, you know, that was part of what I ran on was stepping up into that space and really starting to actually work on solutions and, and not just sort of ignoring the problem, um, especially around homelessness. So we've, worked really hard to prioritize moving forward with housing policies and creating actual plans and solutions around homelessness. Um, and, and one of the things I'm most proud of this council's done that I would work to continue is the creation of a collaborative office with the county to tackle homelessness and actually bring in all the cities in the region plus the county who is our public health authority and provides mental health and behavioral health services to really actually get together and get our arms around the problem instead of each working in our different silos and maybe duplicating work or not being as efficient and as effective as we want to be. So I'm excited to work with that, you know, group as a member of council and as a, as a mayor, should I be elected and to keep pushing forward with a real strategic plan in that area while we also look to just increase the amount of homes that are available to make them more affordable and accessible to everyone here. It's a very it's a very hot topic, houselessness. Actually, not only in Bend but around the country, and yeah. uh, in, in just about any any city that you're in, really. And and it um, and and, it, and it's potentially very divisive in a, in a community. How how do you how do you deal with that that aspect of it? The fact that there are so many people that just feel I, I don't know. There's there's almost like a knee jerk reaction that just says you know, ship them all out of town. Uh, what, what's your response to those kinds of, of concerns? Yeah. So, I mean, what, one thing that's happened, even though homelessness has been increasing uh, over the years, one thing that's happened in the past few years is there's been a little bit more of that visibility. 
of it. And, you know, I think there is a lot of fear around people experiencing houselessness. And a lot of it is unfounded. It's based in assumptions or, you know, wrong, um, you know, wrong discrimination or bias type of um, thoughts. But there are some fears around, you know, especially unsanctioned encampments and things like that. Some of it is, is founded and needs to be addressed. Um, you know, there are impacts from homelessness, obviously, especially on the people experiencing it, but also on, you know, people that live near it, businesses, um, families and kids, you know, all of that. So I think we need to speak to that. But at the same time, and, and what this council has done, I think, a good job of is just keep emphasizing the humanity of our neighbors experiencing houselessness. And, and that these are people, the majority of with of of whom they don't butt in from somewhere else. They're from here. They lost their housing. That's why they're now on the street. Um, and so continuing to humanize people and ask people to remember that as we work on solutions. And really the other point to make for folks is if you don't like what you see, we got to change the status quo. We cannot just keep doing the same thing. So we've got to try new things and we have to actually put solutions in place and saying no to all those solutions is not going to change the status quo. Yeah, a lot, a lot of houselessness people in our community uh, are families, and a lot, and, and a number of them are, are working. And so that gets mm -hmm. us back to that larger question of um, affordable housing, uh, workforce housing. I, I've lived in Bend for 20 years, and this has been an issue that entire time. And and mm -hmm. the the cost of housing just continues to go up. What are some of the solutions that you're looking at? Some of the solutions we've already implemented that I want to keep pushing on is doing things in our city land use policies, such as our zoning, that encourages, incentivizes, and allows different types of homes to be built. Um, this is true not just for Ben, but across the country, that we got into a pattern of building in a more suburban way with um, larger lots and bigger single houses, and we, we miss out on some of the housing that used to be built in cities that things like quadplexes, small apartment buildings, duplexes and townhomes that can create more housing in a, in a denser fashion um, that also can lead to more affordability. So I think continuing to push on getting more housing supply, but also more diverse types of homes that are available to more types of people is one way to do it. And then continuing to invest in actual subsidized affordable housing, which Ben does with our dedicated fund that we lend money to projects and help support them, things like the Core Land Trust projects or Habitat for Humanity or things like that continuing to push and invest in those and, and set really high goals to get those type of units on the ground to do is something that we can keep doing. Yeah, you know, I, I lived in some major urban areas in my life, and I've spent most, actually most of my adult life, I've still lived in apartments, and I think they were just fine places to live. The antipathy that I see in, in our community from some people around the very idea of, of building a an apartment building, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, and I think we are still, and again, we're not a unique city in this um, sense, but there is, um, you know, elements of classism, exclusion, and sort of segregation that is one of the reasons that zoning was invented in the first place, right? And one of the reasons that um, sort of the suburban neighborhood scheme was created was actually to segregate communities. So, that's the historic kind of baggage that hangs on there. And I think we still see, even if it's not explicit, um, you know, the roots of that and some of the comments about, I don't want those people in my neighborhood or believing that low income housing will reduce your own value of your house, which there's studies showing it does not, or feeling that new apartment buildings are going to 
somehow ruin your neighborhood. Um, you know, and, and a lot of that also just comes back to fear of change, which, which we're all human and can have that affect us. But I think Bend is a place where we, we don't want that kind of fear of change to get in the way of, of innovating and progressing. And I think we have a lot of opportunity to do that. So I want to keep pushing for that and, you know, acknowledge people's fears about change, but also explain why, you know, some of these changes are going to be for the better, not just for their neighborhood, but for the whole city. All right. So what other issues are you looking to prioritize as a candidate? I think one of the other <clears throat> big issues, obviously, on people's minds in Bend is transportation. And we just went through in 2020 an election involving um, the general obligation transportation bond that the voters approved. So we have been working hard to start to implement that and get some projects going on the ground. And I really want to prioritize safety. You know, I ride my own bike with my four-year-old um, on the back around town. So I have direct experience of, you know, where our roads don't feel safe and where, where what works better to make um, a safer ride. And the more we can help people have meaningful options on how they get around, you know, the better it's going to be for everybody. So I'm excited to keep working on, um, you know, solutions like especially those east to west connections that we need, um, and especially in our midtown area like Franklin, Greenwood, and Hawthorne. Um, excited to keep pushing forward on that and keep addressing the transportation system issues that people are experiencing every day. So that's another one of my priorities. Yeah, I think public transit, uh, and I, again, I've been here long enough to, to go back to when, uh, you know, there, it was, there was a whole debate on the council as to whether or not we should even have a bus system. I think we're at least to the point where the majority of people recognize that, yes, having a public transit system is good, but that it clearly needs to be, um, I think, expanded if possible. Yeah, I, I'm definitely <clears throat> in support of sort of leveling up our, our transit system. And, and that doesn't necessarily just mean, you know, more kind of fixed bus routes, but we can add other options, especially the unique options that we need as Bend, like the Ride the River shuttle or a shuttle that moves between Old Mill and downtown. You know, um, there's, there's some value in looking at how do we also help visitors hook into a transit system that serves them and keeps their cars off the road while they're visiting, right? So. I think, again, we can get creative and, and work off of what we've got as a good starting point and keep pushing. So what other issues are you looking at? The other big issue for me um, continues to be climate change and the environment. You know, um, again, everyone in Bend has some understanding of our risk for wildfire, the smoky summers we've experienced, the fact we're in a drought. Um, you know, last year, council moved ahead and, and banned personal use and possession of fireworks almost entirely because of the fire risks to our city. You know, and then we also have a, a wonderful river flowing through our town that we need to take care of and make sure that we're, um, you know, watching that as well. So I think that's a pretty core value for a lot of people that live in Bend is, is taking care of our natural environment. And we've been working to implement our climate action plan and I'll, you know, just take all the steps that are listed in there. But I want to push for us to really be a leader in this area because the environment is so important to the health of our city and, you know, the economy of our city as well. Um, so I, my vision for kind of leadership in the mayor's role is being really out front, advocating for good climate policies, whether they're coming from the state, the feds, or whether we're coming up with them ourselves and, and being bold with our climate action and, and taking it seriously. And I, I think on the issues, when we come up to the issues like wildfire, and the, the current drought, that it, it, sound, it seems to me that it's really important for the city uh, to coordinate efforts with the county and the state. 
Yes, absolutely. Yeah, especially when it comes to wildfire preparation and, you know, looking at the health of our forests surrounding Bend, right, which is our biggest risk. So that's, that's definitely something I want to do as mayor. So another issue that you have on your website is it's headlined a safe and thriving community. Um, can you expand a little bit on what you're talking about there? Yeah, I think we want Bend to be a place where people feel welcome and included and they feel safe. And, you know, we've seen, and I'm sure you've seen some of the news articles and experiences from visitors and people in town that, you know, this past year, highlighting the ways that that's, we're not there yet. We have a lot of work to do when it comes to um, accepting the more diverse members of our community and, and making sure they're not being harassed or targeted or experiencing, you know, some of the racial aggressions that people have reported happening, whether they be visitors or, or people that live here. So that's one area to, that we have to continue to work on and just making sure people feel like, I think Ben generally is, is a pretty safe place. We haven't experienced a spike in crime um, or anything like that, but I want to make sure people feel like it's a great place to be, that you do feel safe and that um, when people do break the law or are having a crisis that requires response, that we're sending the right response, right? So that we're not um, sending police when police don't need to be responding and working on alternative methods to respond to certain folks who are in crisis. That's part of, you know, just being responsible with our dollars and also making sure that we're helping people in the best way possible. So that's sort of all rolled together under that headline, but definitely want to make sure that when, when you visit Ben or when you live in Ben, that you feel like this is a safe and welcoming place for you. So you mentioned the police and that brings me to, um, I know that the, uh, the chief that Mike Krantz is working with the council on revamping his advisory committee, the police chief's advisory committee. What's the status of that right now? The last thing that I had seen about that is that he, chief had put out the recruitment for that. And so I haven't checked in recently with him as to um, if, how many people applied and what the process is for, as far as where they are with interviewing folks. Um, I, I met one-on-one -on -one with Chief Krantz when he was gathering sort of input and information about what we hope to see from that. And, and I really talked to him about not just having it be a place where, you know, the police can impart information to the community, but also where they can receive feedback and actual um, policy feedback and other things from community members so that, that can be integrated into the way that he runs his department. So I'm excited to see what comes out of that. It's sort of that, that advisory committee sort of laid dormant for a few years um, before Chief Krantz came on. So I think it's good to get it, get it going again, see how it goes, and then if necessary, make changes. Yeah, I think it's really important for a committee like that to be a to be a two-way street in terms mm -hmm. of um yeah, in terms of the police listening to what the community has to say mm -hmm. and the community representatives and and the community hearing what you know what the concerns are that the police have and how they function here in our city. Are guns allowed in city buildings? <laughs> you know, uh Michael, I sent off a email to staff and, and didn't get response. Um, so I can't concretely say if there are any specific restrictions around, you know, open carried or concealed carry guns. I do know there was a movement um, in a bill in the session last year or the year before, the bill that ultimately resulted in the ability for school districts to ban all guns from their campuses, right. which our, our local school district has done, thankfully. But there was a moment where that bill included places like city halls, and, and I think that got taken out. So I think that's something we still need to work on. Um, it's definitely a concern, given sort of the unfortunate gun culture in our country, and um, also the way that the Supreme Court is 
is ruling on gun law. Um, but I think that's something that I'm passionate about and have been involved with as far as volunteering with local advocacy groups. I actually went to Salem um, before as, as a volunteer to, to lobby for common sense gun reforms. And I think we, there's still more we can do um, even at the city level to, to combat that. I've looked at your, your website and, and you have um, a, a pretty strong list of endorsements already. That must make you feel pretty good. Yeah, and I need to I need to update that too because there's there's more to add. But yeah, I'm I'm so grateful. Um, when I announced earlier this year, the you know um, all the council except for the mayor at the time um, were willing to step up and endorse me. Um, the two new councilors we've appointed um, are supportive as well, and also some other great leaders like Rep. Krupp and um, Jamie McLeod Skinner, who's running for Congress. So I'm really excited to have their support. Um, and it, and I've also tried as a councilor to sort of work with other electeds. Like those people, like people on Parks Board, we have a lot of um, issues where we can talk and coordinate together, and I think it's important to do that. So those relationships are, are really helpful going forward um, in an elected leader position. And people can find that list of endorsements and other information about your campaign at your website. And what is your website? It's just MelanieKeebler.com, um, and Keebler has one E. But I think I, I also bought the one with two E's just in case you spell it wrong. It'll still take to the right place, so. K-E-B-L-E-R. You got it. So I always like to ask my guests uh, if there's anything that I've left out, anything that I should have asked you, anything more that you want to um, tell our listeners. Um, no, Michael, I've, great conversation. I'm just really looking forward to getting out and talking to voters. Um, in 2020, when I was campaigning, we were in a lockdown pandemic situation. And so everything was by Zoom and there was not a lot of in-person interaction. And I really enjoyed just talking to people about what they're concerned about for the future of Bend and, and how they think we can get to where we want to go. So um, looking forward to that. And thank you for the chance to talk with you today. All right. So, and I, I should also add listeners that uh, if you go to Melanie's um, website, that's a place where if you're so inclined, you could... Uh, contribute to the campaign as well. Yep, and sign up to receive emails and all that good stuff. All right, well, thanks so much, Melanie Kabler, for joining me here on the Radical Songbook Podcast. Yeah, thank you, Michael.